The text for our message this morning will be found in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, and the focus for this morning will be verse 12 down through verse 14. Subject of the message will be the Holy Spirit and you. We talked about the wonderful dynamic of the relationship that we have with the Spirit uh, last week, and I want to talk about His working in our lives When it comes down to the Holy Spirit and us, what does the Bible say? Romans chapter 8 and verse 12 says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Let's bow our heads. Father, I come before you now asking for... Your spirit to move among us, take away the distractions that might keep our minds and our hearts from the truth. Lord, take this truth and do the work that only you can do. Take it down deep within us that we might learn, that we might be changed, we might be drawn ever closer to you. I ask that you please give me strength, wisdom to say only what is needed, and let all that is done and said be to your glory. I thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. You know, sometimes I kind of feel sorry for you guys. I wish I could come up with better illustrations sometimes or maybe have funny stories to start out sermons or to put right in the middle. I can't do that. And if I was going to try to, it would take me twice as long just to put together a sermon. Sometimes those are the hardest things to come up with. And uh, so I don't even have a story to start out today. And quite frankly, we got a lot of ground to cover because this is pretty important. When it comes to the Holy Spirit and us, this is very vital, actually, to our whole relationship with Christ. And I want that to stand forth as what is important. I think it's good for us to to keep our bearings as we're moving through Romans. One of the things that's easy to do, especially in expositional preaching, as you're going through a book, is you kind of just get lost in all of it. We need to keep a perspective. Paul is writing this for a reason. He's going somewhere with it. There's a purpose in his writing. And he's been building upon foundations to to get us to where we're at right here. Each each verse serves a purpose. He's not just coming up with all of these statements just to say them. No, they have a purpose. And right here in Romans chapter 8, Paul is telling us how to live the Christian life. He's already told us why we should. We've been saved, right? Gloriously, wonderfully saved. We who are sinners and we who are guilty before God can be justified by faith in Christ. Our sins forgiven, wiped away, we become born again. That's why we serve Him. That's why we would even want to live for Him because of what He's done for us. It's a work of grace. It's a work of mercy and love that only God can do. We simply accept it by faith, right? God saves us. Don't ever forget that. God saves us. We don't save ourselves. It is only fitting then that we should live our lives for Him. That's why we get baptized. That's why we join the church and live a new life that glorifies Him because of what He's done for us. And right here in chapter 8, we're right in the middle of that, okay? And Paul is specifically talking about our relationship with the Holy Spirit of God. That relational part of God, of the Trinity, it's how we feel God, it's how we relate to Him, how God works in us, how God works through us. And we talked about that relationship last week. You see, we as God's people, we as God's servants have a wonderful dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's not a dry thing. It's not just a book smart thing is something that's within our very hearts. We as the church are His house. He dwells in us. He lives in us. Like right now. You understand that? Right now. In our hearts. In our minds. We are in the presence of God. Every time we assemble, God is here. 
provided we stay true to His Word. But He is here, dwelling in our hearts, dwelling in our minds, dwelling in our body as His temple. Probably should get some of that stuff off your mind when you come into church. Maybe we ought to pay attention a little bit more if we understood whose presence we are in. God's. I imagine, let's just say, if President Trump was right here, like him, hate him, I don't care. And he was saying a speech. You think you'd be listening? I bet. Probably hanging on every word because that's the president. We assemble in the presence of God. We ought to have a high, holy view of church because we are in His presence and He is dwelling in us as His body. Now that we also saw that there is a necessity for a Spirit-filled life personally. We are to be filled with the Holy Spirit personally. He is to fill our minds, to fill our hearts, not only here, but in each and every day that we live. In fact, we are to be bearing fruit. There ought to be evidence of our salvation. There ought to be evidence of a walk with God we have in our life. If not, there is a serious problem. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, verse what? 9, he is none of his. What is your life bearing fruit of? Is it love, joy, peace? Is God seen? Because if not, there's a major problem. Major problem. If it's missing, we need to repent and get back to being with Him. We talked about that last week. Those are doctrinal statements. Those are truths. And with, as with all doctrine and all truth, we need to understand how does that work here? What's the practical application? What do I need to do? How does this work in my life? I see the, the goal, if you look there in verse uh, 9, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I see the goal. I want to be filled with the Spirit. I want to be producing spiritual fruits. I want that. I don't want the danger, right? If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I don't want that. So what do I need to do to be right? How do I do what God wants me to do? How does this work in my life, this Holy Spirit thing? Well, listen, being right with God, walking with God, doing the things we should, all of it revolves around the Holy Spirit. You're not going to do it on your own. It is with only the help of the Spirit. So we need to understand this and hopefully help a little bit with that today. We're going to work our text a little bit backwards. I want to start actually in verse 14, the first statement there. If you look, notice if you would, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. First thing I want you to notice this morning is the leadership of the Holy Spirit. When it says, for as many as are led, uh, the translation would be better, as many as are being led. Not just like once in time, I was led of the Spirit back here. No, this is a continual leading and a continual following. As many as are following, as many as are being led by the Spirit. And that leading, in fact, is one of the primary functions of the Holy Spirit. One of the things, if not the thing He does most, is lead. He leads. He guides. He is the guiding, revealing part of God's nature. Now, we're going to be turning to, to quite a few scriptures, so have your Bibles out and ready, and I believe it's important that we see this. I want you to turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The Holy Spirit is the guiding part of God, the part of God that reveals Himself to us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I want you to look at verse 10. 1 Corinthians 2 and 10 says, But God hath revealed them unto us by His, what? His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Listen, I can probably try to read your facial expressions, I can probably listen to your words and maybe look at your actions, but there is no way that I can know what is going on down deep in your mind and in your heart, right? Right? Even my wife, as much as I know her and probably could tell what's on her mind, down deep in her heart, 
Only she knows what's going on within her, right? The same with all of us. Well, the same is with God. We may be able to look at creation, Romans chapter 1, and and see some beautiful attributes and and make some conclusions. We may, may be able to look at a Christian and see some things of God, but it's only the Spirit that reveals to us what is going down going on down deep within God. Verse 11, For the man, what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Verse 12, Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. If you have your Bible out, I would underline that word Spirit and notice it's not capitalized. This is talking about a new nature. One that is made in the image of God. We receive a new spirit. This isn't talking about the Holy Spirit. He's going to talk about the Holy Spirit here in just a couple words. He's talking about when we are born again in salvation. I'm a new creation now. One that communes with God. I have a new spirit within me. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. Unless you're born again, you can't even understand the kingdom. You can't see it. You won't enter it. Why? Because we are fleshly. We need to be made new. And at salvation, that happens. We've been given a spirit from God. One now that can understand these things as the Spirit reveals it to us. Now we have received, verse 12, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things, verse 13, also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but with the Holy Ghost teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. There's a lot of people out there say they want to know God, they want to search for God, but they're not going, it, going about it the way of the Bible or about the way of the Holy Spirit. It says right here, the natural man cannot understand God, it cannot receive Him. The only way we know God is because the Holy Spirit has revealed Him to us. You understand that? The only way we know God is because the Holy Spirit has revealed Him to us. That's a wonderful statement on the character of God, isn't it? God reveals Himself. We can't know Him. We can't get to Him by ourselves. And what does God do? Here, let me show you. God reveals to us what we cannot understand. Things that we can never know without Him. Jesus tells us about the Holy Spirit. Look in John chapter 16. John chapter 16. Jesus here in the upper room is telling His church about the coming Comforter, the coming Helper. And in John chapter 16 and verse 7, Jesus says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the Prince of this world is judged. I want you to notice that phrase in verse 8, the world. You see, the Holy Spirit works in the world in general. Among those who do not know God, sometimes we think the Holy Spirit is only given to His people. He works in the world. And it says He is reproving, right? I believe other translations say convict. Both those translations fill out the, the, the meaning of the word. He finds out He points out, He reveals where we are wrong with God. And then He takes that wrong and applies it to our heart. That's the conviction we felt at first faith. Knowing that I was a sinner. Knowing that I was separated from God. And the Holy Spirit took that and and applied it to my heart. And I realized, hey, that's me. That was the Spirit moving. The Spirit working in that way. You see, He brings sin to light... And He exposes us to our fallen state of God and at the same time reveals the Gospel. That's what 2 Corinthians chapter 4 talks about, that there's some who are blinded, but the light of the glorious Gospel shines unto our hearts, right? 
The Holy Spirit does that. So He is in the world reproving the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. Notice it does does not say He forces anybody. He does not force anyone. He leads. He convicts. John John 6, 44 says, He draws. So the, the Spirit leads us to the light of the Gospel and there is a chance given for us to respond. And not everybody does, do they? Let me read you what, John, or excuse me, what Jesus says in John chapter 3. He that believeth on Him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Damned already. Why? Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. You see, the Holy Spirit can lead somebody to salvation. They can lead somebody to conviction. And their sin is exposed. But rather than come to the light, men would rather cover up their sins and reject. The Holy Spirit leads. He does not force. Men can reject and then face the eternal consequences, can't they? But the Holy Spirit is there to reveal these things to us. He is leading in this. Okay, that's the world. What about us? What about us who have accepted Christ as Savior? What about us who have committed to Him and are doing our best to follow? Are we led by the Spirit? Do we still have to follow? Absolutely we do. You're still in John chapter 16, right? What does it say in verse 7? I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto who? You. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Speaking to his church, his disciples. In fact, look down at verse 12. I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the spirit of what? What's that next word? The spirit of truth. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. Oh, I would underline that. I would underline the spirit of truth, and I would underline he shall glorify me. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And there is a promise given to us that he will guide you into, not unto. That's a big difference. He will guide you into the truth. In fact, it says all truth, right? He's going to guide you into what glorifies Christ, what exalts Christ. Think about that. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all the truth of this Word. You want to understand it? You can through the Spirit. And His guiding presence, His leading presence will be there and He will guide you into all of it, not just part of it. Not just some of it, all of it. He's not going to hold anything back. Does not James say, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask, and God will give it? Right? He also says, don't ask with a double mind, but ask in faith. Say, Lord, I want to understand. I want to understand the Scripture that I'm reading. I want to understand this passage. Please help me. The Holy Spirit will be there to guide you into that. He will guide us into the truth that we need. Not just specific truth like 2 plus 2 equals 4. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me pass my math test. No, you're praying for the wrong thing. He talks about this. Here's what Jesus says as He prays to His Father in John 17 and verse 17. One of these you should put to memory. Sanctify them through Thy truth. Thy Word is truth. And the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth that will guide us into all truth. You see? He's going to guide us into what all of this says. He's going to guide us into living what the Bible says. Remember 1 Corinthians 2? 
Natural man cannot understand these things, but we have a Spirit from God whereby the Holy Spirit leads and helps us to understand these things. We can't. You can understand the Bible because the Holy Spirit will lead you to it. That's what He does. Now, one more thing, and let's get this straight. You need to get this down, okay? He, the Holy Spirit, will guide you into truth, not lies, not half-truths, the truth. The Holy Spirit is going to lead you into what glorifies Him, which we just saw is what? The Word of God. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So you can make a note. You can mark it down. You can take this to the bank and stake your life on it. In fact, your whole eternity on this. The Holy Spirit will never, ever lead anyone else contrary to... Excuse me. The Holy Spirit will never lead you or anyone else contrary to or against what the Word of God says. Let me say that once again. The Holy Spirit will never ever lead you or anyone else contrary to or against what the Bible says. Ever. It's not going to happen. He cannot. You understand that? He gave us this. This is His book. All Scripture is God-breathed. How do you think that happened? Through the Holy Spirit of God. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. He gave us this Word. And the Bible also says it is impossible for God to lie. The Holy Spirit is not going to lie and go against His leading. Oh, there are many people who say things, don't they? There are so many saying out there, and have been for a long time, things like this. Well, God told me this. God has laid this on my heart. I'm feeling led to do, or not do, such and such. Usually speaking of things that go against what the Word of God says. Things that go against truth and things that go against the biblical pattern. Now listen, He may lay on your heart to be more faithful, praise God. He may lay on your heart to get more involved. He may lay on your heart to be called to the ministry. He may lay on your heart to give more. He may lay on your heart to read the Bible all the things that line up with Scripture, great. That's not what I'm talking about. You understand? I'm talking about things like this, which I've heard. God told me to tell you to give more money so I can get a bigger private jet for the Lord. Well-known TV evangelist. God told you that. Really. A leading woman, minister. God called me to be a pastor. Really? God told you that. God laid on my heart to walk away from the truth. God laid on my heart to do this. God laid on my heart to do that. Heck, even Elwood said he's on a mission from God. Blues Brothers, Google it. Everybody can say that. Anybody can say that. And a lot of people do. And listen, as if that automatically makes it right. As if everyone has to accept it and say nothing. There's no questions because you are feeling led. That's ludicrous. That is insane and that is anti-biblical. Listen what, you know what God says about this in Jeremiah the 14th chapter and Jeremiah the 23rd chapter? He says, hey, there's all kind of prophets out there running around saying, God says this, they're prophesying in my name. You know what God says? I didn't send them. I didn't tell them anything. Yet they're running all around. You know what he says? They better be careful because my word is like a hammer. And it will break in pieces. And he says, in fact, when you hear them, you know what I want you to say? I want you to say, what does the Lord say? 1 John chapter 4 says this, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. You hear something? Does it square with Scripture? Even every word that comes out of my mouth as your pastor, does it square with Scripture? Try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. 
That was true in the time of John, sometime around A.D. 90 to A.D. 100. Do you think it's more true now, 1900 and something years later? Oh, you better believe it. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And don't marvel at that. For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. Hmm. A lot of people saying things supposedly in the name of God that God doesn't say. You hold everything that you hear against the Word of God. And if something goes against His Word or His commandments or His patterns that is laid down, reject it. Reject it. It is not of God because the Spirit will lead us into truth and nothing else. It is not of God. It is not from the Holy Spirit. No matter what somebody says, no matter how famous they are or how many people are following them, the Holy Spirit will always lead us to truth. Proven, established, eternal truth. Truth that glorifies God. You can bank your life on that. You want to know if the Holy Spirit's in it? Does it square with Scripture? Now, we need to check ourselves on this too, don't we? We need to check ourselves on this. Am I following Him or not? Is my life and my life's direction and all of who I am based on the truth of the Word? Now, that can be an easy question, can't it? Because if you know you're doing your best, you're going to say yes. Yeah. Or it can be a hard question. That's when people get defensive and angry because they want to avoid facing that truth. Is my life led by the Holy Spirit and walking in the truth of God? This is pretty important because we can fool ourselves, can't we? We can fool ourselves. We can just... Take just about anything we want to do or not to do. It's usually what, what it hinges on. We can take anything we want to do or not do, and we can justify it, can't we? We can go to great lengths to try to justify it and make it right and proclaim to ourselves that God is good with it. I've heard every kind of defense that you can imagine. We can proclaim to ourselves that God likes it, that God approves with it. Be very careful with that. Not every thought that pops into your head is from God. I'll tell you that right now. Not every thought that pops into your head from God, not every, every impulse that tugs at your heart, not every action or every reason we give is, is from the Holy Spirit. We need to know something about ourselves. Jeremiah 17.9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. There's some bad things that come from this, isn't there? Proverbs 14.12 There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. In fact, here's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3. Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. There is times we need to step back and look at our life, look at our actions, look at our hearts and see, am I truly following the leading of the Spirit? Does all of my life square with Scripture? And these leadings or these things that I'm, I'm following after, is it from Him? Is it going to glorify Him? Listen, you can have a job that's good and solid and you can... Work in it and live in it a way that glorifies Him. Or there's a way that it doesn't, right? It depends on how we are following Him in it. We need to take a step back and follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Because quite often, if we're honest with ourselves, we're leading ourselves. We're not following the Spirit, we're following us. We need to follow Him. That's the second point I'd like you to Notice this morning, to follow Him. 
First of all, we see the leadership of the Holy Spirit. He's leading in the world. He's leading in our lives. He's always going to lead us into the truth. That's what His leadership is pointing to, to draw us closer to God, to, to the truth of God. And our text said, as many as are led by the Spirit. That implies that we must follow Him, right? We have to follow the Spirit. It's our job, it's our responsibility, it's our calling to follow the leadership and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. It's such a simple concept and it's so widespread through Scripture, it's kind of hard to condense down to a sermon. We'd have a hundred different references to turn to. I'm going to try to do our best maybe to give a picture of it. Galatians 5 says this, If we live or have been made alive in the Spirit, If we are alive in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we have been made alive from Him, I ought to be living after Him. In Romans chapter 8, in verse 5, I turned away. It says this, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but those who are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. We should be minding and seeking and looking to follow the things of the Holy Spirit. Jesus makes this statement in John chapter 3. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Do you remember your conviction at first faith? Do you remember when it all hit home? You were a sinner? It came out of nowhere, right? It's, Whoa, I didn't see this coming. You heard the preaching of the Word and it finally hit home and it applied it to your own heart? Well, Jesus said that's the way it is with those who are born of the Spirit. Not just at first faith, but in our walk with Him. He applies things to our heart. He he leads us. He speaks to us. And we are to follow. We're to yield ourselves to Him. That's what Romans chapter 6 said, right? Yield yourself as instruments of righteousness. Okay, so how do I do that? That's, that's the question. How do I follow the leading of the Spirit? First, you need to be where He is. Where He is going to move you and teach you. We're to be learning. We're to be moved. We are to be filled. That's why we come to church, Right? to hear the teaching of the Word, to let the Spirit work upon our hearts. You need to be where He is. That's why the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Why? To keep your name on a roll? No. To keep you connected with His very Holy Spirit. To come into His presence so that we can be filled. So you need to be where He is, and second, He needs to be where you are. Now, what do I mean when I say that? So we come here, we hear the instruction, we're moved, we're led by His Spirit, and working through the preaching, and we're to take this home, to study for ourselves, we're to take it into our own life, to read the Scriptures, to, to pray for His leading. And here's what happens. Say, Say you read a passage like Luke 6.31. As you would that men should do to you, do you also to them likewise. Golden rule, right? But say you read that and you pray, Lord, help me in that. That's what we should be doing, reading the Scripture, praying about it. And then you go to work. Or you go to school. Or you go to the supermarket or whatever. And somebody treats you bad. Maybe they cut you off in traffic, they cut you off with a shopping cart, or they're just rude. Some comment, some action. And in that moment, you want to respond like for like. Something in you brings that scripture back to mind. Wait a minute, didn't the Bible say, treat others how you want to be treated? That's the Holy Spirit. That's how He works. He brings these things back to mind. He he leads you in what you should do, not only as you read and see the changes that you need to make, but as you're living life, He brings this back to to memory. He leads you. The question is, do you follow? Do you say that thing, even though that just popped into your head? That's the question, isn't it? 
Now that's just a small basic example, but that's how it works. It just builds from there as He spreads to all areas of our life and as He begins to work in us and in our hearts and in our minds and show us what we should do. You see, the more you learn, the more He leads. So for crying out loud, give Him something to work with. You give the devil plenty, don't you? All those things you shouldn't see, all those things you shouldn't hear, they have a way of popping up, don't they? How about a little bit of the Bible? Give the Spirit something to work with. (laughs) It's like we expect to walk through this world holy and anointed and just full of the Spirit. We haven't read a page of our Bible since last Sunday. But you probably binge watch maybe five shows and have several hours worth of Facebook and Instagram each. How do you expect God to work? No, it's as we learn of Him and as we pray, the Spirit takes us deep down within our, our hearts and begins to work and begins to lead. Do you realize how powerful the Word of God is? Thy Word have I hid in my what? Phone? On my shelf? In my closed Bible? My heart. Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee because the Spirit's going to use that. When those times come up, This Word comes back. The Spirit reminds us and we have a choice to follow or not. Well, the question is, do we follow? That's what we're supposed to do. To follow Him. Now, we can reject. 1 Thessalonians says, quench not the Spirit. Like throwing water on a fire. Just put it out. Ephesians 4 says, grieve not the Spirit. You know, we can make Him sad. We can make Him mourn because we never follow. We're always rejecting. You can reject and you can listen to other things. When the Spirit leads, you could say no. Be careful with that. Because I believe you can say no one too many times. Here's what 1 Timothy says. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Not from being faithful, from the faith, a system of doctrine. He's talking about the church. Some shall depart from the faith, giving heed, listening, following, to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils who speak lies and hypocrisy. Listen, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. You can say no to the Spirit as He leads long enough to where it doesn't even affect you anymore. We need to be careful to not ignore that still small voice within us. Don't do that. No. Let's follow Him. When the Spirit leads us, let's follow Him. And allow Him to be the guiding force in our lives. And as He does, and as we do, excuse me, He will work in us. As we follow Him, as we are obedient to His leadership, the Holy Spirit begins to work in us, and He does a work that only He can do. You probably hear me pray that sometimes, right? That's because there's things in our own minds, in our own heart, in our own lives that only God can change. I can't save you. I can't take this message and let it Sting your heart or build up your heart. I I can't do any of that. That's the Holy Spirit as He leads and as we are to follow. And as we do follow, He does the work that can only be done by the Spirit. And that's the final point this morning, the work of the Spirit. We see the leadership of the Spirit. He leads us into truth. He's going to lead us towards God. We are to follow the Spirit Now I want you to see the work of the Spirit. So if you've turned away from Romans chapter 8, let's go back there. Romans chapter 8 and verse 12. It says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify, put to death the deeds of the body, 
ye shall live. You see, there's something that happens through the Spirit. We put to death the deeds of the body. What is that talking about? That's talking about sin. If we, through the Spirit, put to death sin in our lives, we're going to know the life that God has for us. Well, how, how is sin put to death? Remember John 17, 17? Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And you remember how the Spirit brings that word back to our minds we are to follow? When we do, we walk away from sin and we walk into the truth. And the Spirit then begins to sanctify us. He begins to set us apart bit by bit for Him. Now I've got some verses I'd like you to turn to. Ephesians chapter 3. I want you to see the work of the Spirit. Ephesians 3 and verse 16. Paul writing here, he says, he's praying actually, in verse 16, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. See, the Holy Spirit gives us strength. It's not always easy to do the right thing, is it? It's not always easy to to not respond back in anger. It's a hard thing sometimes, right? Sometimes I need strength to do that. I need strength not to react. or I need strength to act in this way. I need strength to stand as an example. That's not always easy, but the Holy Spirit will give you strength in your inner man to do those things. There's times we think, when we see something in Scripture or something has come up in our life, we think, Lord, I can't. Well, by the Spirit, as He leads us into the truth, and as we follow Him, He will work in us to give us that strength. And yes, you know what sometimes that strength is for? To endure or flee temptation. But we can by the Spirit. 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Actually, there in the first chapter, first couple of verses, listen what he says. 1 Peter 1 and verse 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Sanctification of the Spirit. We are placed in this special position of being chosen by God by sanctification of the Spirit. The Spirit sets us apart. Now notice in verse 22, chapter 1 and verse 22. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit. See that? How do I get holy? How am I made righteous? How do I get right with God? And we're talking at somebody who already knows the Lord as Savior and is following within His church. You obey the truth. As the Spirit leads you, you follow the Spirit and you are sanctified by the Spirit. Without that, it's not going to happen. This isn't something just automatic. I need to obey the truth. Seeing you have purified your souls by obeying the truth through the Spirit. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Two more verses here. 2 Timothy chapter 2. In verse 21. 2 Timothy 2.21 says, If a man therefore purge himself from these, purge means to clean, to wash it out. If any man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, Meet for the Master's use and prepared unto every good work. You see, this is the work that the Spirit does within us. He makes us acceptable to be used by God. Takes all the other junk, gets all that stuff out, and now I am clean and ready to use. He leads us away from sin to righteousness, from being unusable to usable. And as we follow, He changes us. And we begin to now bear fruit as we follow the Spirit. It begins to be evident. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. You know somebody who's walking with the Spirit because you see it in their lives, don't you? 
You can tell in their attitude. You can tell in their words. There's something different about them. You see, that's the Holy Spirit working within us and changing us. And I love this verse and how Paul puts it. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass. What's the glass? The glass is here. As you look into the Word, you see God, don't you? You see the truth. You see Christ. We all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. We see that there. Are changed into the same image. You see that? I see God, I see Christ. The more I behold, the more I follow, the more I am changed into the same image. The more I am made more like Christ from glory to glory. From one level of glory to another, ever increasing. How does that happen? Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. We read the Scripture, we follow the Scripture, we follow the truth. You know what? I begin to be made more like Christ. Such wonderful work that He does. And that's a promise for each and every one of you. That's not just for me. The more we look, the more we see Christ, the more we follow the Spirit's leading, the more we will be like Christ. If, if you follow, if you allow yourself to be led by the Spirit, that's the bare basic foundation. We talk about want to be holy. We talk about wanting to be a good father, a good husband, a good wife, a good mother. We want to talk about, we talk about wanting to be an a, a acceptable servant. We want to do what God wants us to do. We want to have a, a good witness. Sometimes we find it hard. The bare basic foundation is whether we follow the Spirit or not. That's it. He's going to lead us into all truth. He's not going to lead us sideways. He's going to lead us into the truth. Do we follow? And do we let Him work within us? That's it. That's what makes the difference. It's what gives us victory over sin too, by the way. What does it say in Romans 8? Through the Spirit... Mortify the deeds of the flesh. Here's what happens. Temptation comes. What do we do? Oh, Lord, can't, I can't fight it. Better give into it. Probably half the time, most of the time, that's what happens, right? How about this? When temptation comes, you say, no, this is what the Bible says. Lord, help me right now with this right here. I need you to help. Kill that temptation within me. Kill that tendency within me to want to follow. I'm not going to follow my flesh. I'm not going to follow the temptation. I'm going to follow you, Lord. I want to do what you want me to do. Through the Spirit, you begin to kill those tendencies. You put to death the deeds of the flesh. In every area of our life, in every aspect we could think of, do we follow the Spirit? If we do, we're going to know what this peace-filled, spirit-filled life is. We're going to know what an awesome God we serve. We're going to know the depths of His comfort and His grace and His guiding power within us. We're going to know what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Maybe it's been a while since you know what that feels like. Maybe it's something you... You kind of talk about it like, oh, that's just for church service. No, that's for each and every day we're here. But you have to follow. There's a promise that comes with it that we're not going to get in today, but we will get into next time. It says, they that are led of the Spirit, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That's a different word than children. Heirs. Joint heirs with Christ. Things it's hard for us to even understand. But there's a promise that if we follow Him, not only will we have the Spirit-filled, close-walk relationship with Him in this life, but forever. So my question to you is this morning, what about your life? Right now, here, today, 
Are you following Him in your life? Is He the guiding force? Are you walking in the truth of the Word and living your life according to the pattern of the truth of the world, the Word? Are you looking to Him and the truth that He gives? Or is it something else? Is it a book, a blog, an author, friends, self, fill in the blank? None of those will make you holy. None of those will set you apart. There may be bits of truth, but none of them will lead you into the truth that makes us right with Him. That only comes from God. God as He reveals it to us. God as He leads us and draws us and asks for us to follow Him. The truth that changes us from glory to glory to glory. So maybe it's time this morning we tune out all the other noise and seek His leadership. And by the way, if He's leading you to do something, you best do it. Don't say no. You can say no too many times. Maybe He's leading you to salvation. The Spirit does that. That's the first thing He leads us to. Maybe He's leading you to salvation and you know that you are not right with God and that you are in need of forgiveness of your sins. If the Spirit is drawing your heart, my prayer would be that you would listen and you would bow before Him before it's eternally too late. Maybe He's drawing you to baptism. We ought to listen and we ought to follow. Maybe He's drawing you to a higher service. To give more, not only of my time and my energy and myself, but resources. Or maybe He's laying on your heart to surrender to Him. Maybe it's for the ministry. Maybe it's for a teaching position. Maybe it's to be a better parent or better spouse. Whatever it is, if the Lord's leading, we ought to follow. You don't want to push Him away. We've done that too many times in our lives, haven't we? No, we want to follow The Holy Spirit's going to lead us to the truth. He's going to lead us into what we need and what is good for us. And we ought to follow Him so that He can work in us. But that's the question this morning. Will you follow? Let's pray. Father, I ask Your blessings on the words that have been spoken. I pray Your Spirit has taken these to where it is needed. Even in my own heart, Lord, I pray that I would be tender to your leading when you show me the things that I should do and the things that I should say. Lord, give me the strength to follow. May I always allow you to work within my own heart. I pray the same for each and every one here, Lord. You know the struggles. You know the, the personal battles we might be facing and what each one needs, Lord. So I pray that you would apply this word as you see fit and continue to lead us, Lord. And just now as we give an invitation, Lord, that you would draw by your Spirit and do the work that only you can do. I thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen.